And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Welcome back to the Tempest 2 podcast. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Very, very good. Start of a new week. Um, Father's Day on the weekend. Your first ever. First How was it? Ever. Yeah, it was It was good, to be fair. It was pretty low-key, pretty chilled. Went down to a lovely little cafe, some pancakes, you know, a little cake, a couple of coffees, everything that seems very easy, but ended up being rather, rather stressful. But no, it was uh, it was nice. It's been hot, hasn't it? Still, it's been hot, so it's still been survival committee. Hey man, here we go. Here hey we man. go. How, how's yeah. your uh, How was your weekend? New week. Weekend was fine. Down in Bristol, played a bit of golf, had a couple of beers, and then back for the surgery yesterday on the old teeth. Oof. And you won't be able to see me, but I look like an an extra from Planet of the Apes, pretty much. <laughs> Big swelling. Yeah, it has uh, has swollen quite a lot. It's really but dark. It, it's quite a uh, thing, isn't it, really? It's not like they've just done a filling. It's a little bit more comprehensive than that. Yeah, it was a little bit worse than I was anticipating, to be honest. Um, <laughs> in my head, I was just like, you know, they need to put these two titanium screws in. Surely he'll just get in there and just screw him in. Um, not the case. Had to obviously cut open all the gum, peel it back, then like so- he had a fucking saw. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like had his like clearly like with bone, I guess. It was just very physical. Like he's like putting all of his weight on my jaw like yanking stuff and oh fucking hell it was um yeah it was about an hour and a half of of uh brutality and um i mean i was just lying there had the cricket on the radio which didn't do the job (laughs) um and just tried to kind of meditate my way through it yeah that's very very mental i mean I'm surprised they didn't knock you out. To be fair, it was it was local anaesthetic, so you're still there, basically having a chat to him, listening to the cricket. Fair play. Yeah. Um. And then the anaesthetic the last twenty minutes. Um, the anaesthetic started to wear off, but I was like, oh, they're almost done. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. But then, um, like one side of my lip became completely like full feeling again, but it's on the other side of the mouth, so I was like, I'm sure they won't touch it. Then he started putting some stitches in. And I was like, whoa, oh, fuck. And he was like, oh, um, can you feel that? I was like, I have full feeling there. He's like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> like, and just like dosed me up again. It was like, Christ, man. <laughs> oh, you've, if there's one thing you've got to get right, it's a little bit of anesthetic to make sure I can't feel anything. Please, yeah. dentist, sort me out. Exactly. But um, it was fine. The only slight annoyance was that they found that the... um. My upper jaw is fractured, so that's going to make it a longer um, time to uh, to heal. But that's that's about it. Apart from that, all good. Good stuff. 
good stuff. Well, we were saying it's not a recipe. Lying on your back for two hours if you've got hay fever is not the perfect combination. But you uh, you took matters into your own hands and you got the jab last week. So talk, talk us through it. How did it go? And was it a success? Well, I don't want to jinx this, but I think it might have worked. Mental. So got a little jab in the bum butt. Um, I was like, give me the big dose. I don't want, you know, it's based on weight. I was like, give me the dose of a fucking white rhino. Gave me the big dose. And they say it takes two or three days to kick in. And the next couple of days after it done nothing. But then over the weekend, I've had nothing. I've got like a, like a little bit of a fucking like runny nose today, but I mean, nothing compared to what I usually get. But I don't know if that's just because the pollen count is low. I don't want to, count my chickens too early <laughs> count your bumblebees no yeah. i think i think i had a little look at it as well and um yeah it seems like they weren't fobbing you off they straight in the arse with the jab <laughs> and then and then they all say that because it's like the big muscle it does take it basically comes out of the muscle fibers or something slowly over eight to 12 weeks or however long and it does take three or four days so I mean, if that's worked, I'll be, I'm going straight into the clinic myself and getting it because I've been, uh, it's, it's knocked me backwards, not so much this weekend, but it's definitely still been there. And you usually, uh, usually suffer with it worse than I do. So, um, I reckon it's, it's doing something for you, which is just small it's win. It's be absolute game changer. <laughs> I mean, you can make a fortune. Like if you've created a cool little brand out of that shit, you could honestly make a fortune. A <laughs> hip little brand for a jab. Yeah. What was you, what would you call that brand? Fucking hey be gone. <laughs> <laughs> or high fever. <laughs> Yars fever. Yars fever. Imagine high actually being able to enjoy summer though. But like it ruins so many people's summer. Yes. And those tablets those tablets do absolutely nothing. No, exactly. I wonder if you need a medical license. Probably, probably. What we could do is package up high fever, and just just into with a little cod liver oil and a little blueberry extract, and just Bob's your uncle. You know, it doesn't actually need to have anything in it. It's just all placebo. No, snake oil. That's that's not a bad idea actually, because <laughs> hay fever is not placebo. But if we could believe, you know, help people believe that it is, there's a hell of a business model in that. Because the place I got it done was this little, it's on Harley Street, but actually most of those places on Harley Street are a little bit backdoor biddy, like they're a bit weird. And it was down in this basement and it was all fake marble everywhere and it was all a bit fucking weird. Um, You know, it's a hundred quid a pop. Um, Yeah, I guess. How do you make it D to C? Here we go. Well, first thing, we just have to register the address at Harley Street. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's exactly what they do. That's their credibility, is if it's yeah. on Harley Street, which is mental in itself. And then, yeah, you, yeah. Said, you go in there and it's just any Tom, Dick and Harry putting a white coat on and putting a needle in your arse. It's, there's, there's nothing legit about it. But slight hurdle is it's a very seasonal product. So how, how do we yeah. mitigate that over the winter? We just shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very low costs. Yeah, just hire freelancers to do the jab. 
It's all getting a little bit weird, a little bit fire festival, but I like Free it. Lancers. <laughs> Some brand ambassadors. Looking for a couple of brand ambassadors who are happy to wear scrubs. 23-year-old girls just jabbing the Irish. Um, <laughs> there's something there, I'll tell you. There's something there. All right, let's look into that. That's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll get back to you next year. We're going to build in public, are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to fail fast, very fast. <laughs> Fucking fantastic, though. Yeah, well, I'll um, next week I'll be like, didn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, that is good. I mean, you live in a very rural area. You basically live in the in the middle of fields. Our office yeah. is literally in the middle of fields. Um, so it would be a a real game changer to get it sorted. And um, yeah. speaking of the office, the progress is being made. We are. Uh, slowly filling it out we've bought some of the essentials to make it a uh, lovely little space and um we've gone 2023 with it haven't we yeah yeah i mean talk about let's talk about connectivity because it is in the middle of nowhere we were promised 100 meg fiber from bt which was a complete myth yes that's Um, a lie so we've had to find our own and uh we turn to Elon. Elon is hand-delivering a Starlink in half an hour, actually, I think. <laughs> God, we better hurry up. Yeah, get off this. Um, Just leave on the door, mate, Elon. <laughs> fuck off, Elon. Give me some money. Um, <laughs> yeah, giving Starlink a go. I really hope it's good. Me too. Imagine if it's just like 20 meg. It's like, oh. We're not that rural, Elon. <laughs> no. But surely the sky isn't rural, is it? That's all it needs. Exactly, just a few satellites. So very interested to see how that performs. Yeah. But we've got, you know, rustic wooden desks. We've got a standing desk. We've got a, a coffee machine. We've got a new TV. We've got a, a hip little coffee table. It's going to be a real sanctuary of creativity. Yeah, it's going to be a game changer. For, for myself, you know, speaking selfishly, um, having a newborn baby, as great as it is being in the house, it's uh, it's also great to be able to get out of a house. Yes. And mainly for the sake of work, but I think just having a little clean break, you know, going, it's not like we're going to be in there 10, like, you know, 12 hours a day. I'll say that now. I'm in there yeah. 12 hours a day. <laughs> Yeah, you've got a sleeping bag. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Things have really ramped up. Relationships deteriorating at home. <laughs> I'm living so with spend... Pete in the office. Yeah, so like you, you, you're working too much. It's like, I'm not even fucking working. I'm just <laughs> yeah. watching TV at the office. I've got a PlayStation <laughs> in there, guys. I'm gaming. But yeah, it's um, lovely, it's lovely space. It's directly in between us. So hopefully... You know, if not next week, we'll see how the uh, the table makers getting on. Then the week after, and all subsequent podcasts will be recorded in person, mm. which is going to be nice. Because you probably won't be able to tell now because we are professionals. You know, we're twenty three episodes in, but there is actually a delay here. Um, mm. We're just handling it superbly well. Um, but hopefully, this will be one of the last Zoom ones we uh, we do, which is slightly alarming because it does remove the 40 minute time limit which has been putting some sort of cap on <laughs> on the podcast thus far 
It's gonna be it's gonna be like full episodes of Joe Rogan from now on. Like two <laughs> two and a half hours of just garbage, just flat earthing by the end of it. Just talking about how the pyramids were built <laughs> on mushrooms. Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, um, I mean, why not? And you know, it'd be nice to have a TV in there. That the Rugby World Cup and yeah, sport is good at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. It's a good little period of sport. The Ashes is on. Which is the only time anyone gives a fuck about cricket, let's be 100%, honest. Totally. It is very, very dull. Still uh, don't really care, but it's the last <laughs> day. So then you tune in, yeah. don't you? Um, golf over the weekend was great. Yeah. Like building up to the Rugby World Cup. I started watching that Tour de France documentary, actually. Yeah, fantastic. On Netflix. Um, you're obviously a, a big cycling fan. Big um, cycling nerd. Yeah. Weirdly love it. Yeah, it's um it is very interesting watch. Yeah, very... I think if if you've not seen it, I don't think it's as good as the it's no, it, yeah, yeah, the Formula One. But none of them are. None no. of them are that because they're not that interesting. They're, firstly, they're not multi-billion pound like things. They're they're scratching for investment here and there. They need results and that sort of thing. But it's quite interesting. It's just meant. It's just a mental sport. It's just you know. And actually, at the weekend, just before the weekend. There's the the Tour de Suisse was on, and uh, in the, in the Tour de France, there's a whole episode on this guy called Tom Pidcock descending down a mountain, and he's a nutter. He's going down at 120 kilometers an hour, and the the whole episode is you know this is super dangerous, blah blah blah. And at the Tour de Suisse this weekend, just gone on a descent, an Ineos rider and a Bahrain rider went over the over the side of the barriers on a ravine descent. And tragically, the Bahrain rider, who is uh, Swiss, passed away. Mental. Mental. <clears throat> but like the guy on the documentary puts it into perspective. He's like, imagine driving your car at 65 miles an hour, just wearing Lycra and then just jumping out of the car. It, like, yeah. it's ridiculous. Uh, helmets didn't even used to be like have to be a thing. They only made that a thing like 10 years ago. <laughs> so uh, it's brutal. So, yeah, I mean... But that that's starting. The Tour de France is starting uh, in a couple of weeks, so it, it's perfectly lined up. The Netflix have done it well, and they're on again this season with more teams and a bit more cash. So hopefully, it's all good. So the office is going to be a uh, yeah, a little sanctuary, that's for sure. When does Wimbledon start? That July. That's a great question. Speaking of sports that people only give a fuck around certain times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, is it June, July? Let's have a little look. Spit about then, July um, the third. Okay, yeah, a couple of weeks again. Go on, Andy. <laughs> Go on, Tim. Would he even be in it? Doubt it. Not sure. Yeah, doubt it. But that'll be on the TV. Sure, get it on. Whatever. Here Whatever. we go. Here we go. What about um other forms of entertainment books are you uh you've got any on the go i know you mentioned some when we were chatting last week well speaking about tennis i'm reading uh andre agassi's biography the wait what is it where they write it themselves autobiography autobiography yeah um called open which is good very interesting because uh, i never realized that he uh like hates tennis doesn't like it at all <laughs> like has no that just fucking hates the sport but just does it because he he was mustered at it and made loads of money but just despised playing it had a really weird career where he was great then he was shit then he was great then he was shit took crystal meth 
Which is Did pretty he? hip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember that bit. Fucking yeah, it's hell. a crystal man. Um, I reckon that happens more than you know, as in like elite athletes that are like the best in the world actually hate it. Yeah. It um gnaws, I'll gnaws a few people off about the NBA because I'm a I'm a nerd on that as well. But the the season's just finished and the guy who was the finals MVP is a Serbian guy called Nikola Jokic. And so he's like best player in the world, finished, all his you know, team are all going mental. They interviewed him and he was like no, people don't like their jobs. You know, I just can't wait to go home. I'm over it, basically. He's like, if someone tells you that they like their job, they're lying, and this is just my job. And everyone's like, but you're the best basketball player in the world. Like, all the LeBron James, everyone else, like, you know, they live and die basketball, like, breathe it. He's just like, I just can't wait to go home and watch some horse racing. Like, I'm so over this. It's like, mental. I mean, if he's watching horse racing, he's a weird fish, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's like... Like Alex Ferguson, owns about 20 horses. Just exactly like Alex Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, similar. Very similar. Seven um, foot tall. Ridiculous. Weird. Yeah, but I guess just because you're good at something doesn't mean yeah. you love it. But you'd not... think that because you put in so much time, there must you must love it. But Surely. So it pays the bills so, and a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about. A few bills um, there, guys. Fair enough. Yeah, bloody hell. What are you reading? You're reading. You showed me a book. What are you reading at the moment? Oh my god, full dab mode. The book is called "How to Raise Kids Who Aren't Arseholes," uh, and I started it two days after Flora was born, and I'm twenty-four pages in. Um, What's what? What are the like? So, science-based strategies for better parenting. Um, it's essentially, I think it's like a panic button. Bait, like books for parents are just like, what's going on? Like there must be, and then you read something, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it is normal, guys. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's probably not very, not very relevant for a three-month-old, to be honest, because they're mental anyway. Maybe a little bit more relevant for when they're actually toddlers. Uh, Some kids are assholes, though. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think, touch wood, and I know it will change, but Flory's very chilled, mm. really, which is ideal. She doesn't ever, like, just scream, like, randomly, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is ideal. But, I, yeah, uh, some kids are just... They are arseholes. Yeah, you know, just because they're small doesn't mean they're not arseholes. They just take it upon themselves to be arseholes. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and everyone has to put up with it. <laughs> that's that's why we've got no kids at our wedding. It's for that exact reason. Yeah, it's like I don't want any small assholes there. Yeah. I want to be the only small asshole at my yeah, wedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've got enough of them anyway. Yeah, with our exactly. babies. Um, speaking of wedding, I've started making a few notes on the <clears throat> on the speech. Like it. Started throwing a couple of uh. A couple of stories into the notes, a couple of things, a couple of like, oh, that sounds funny. And it's like, no, nah, maybe it's not that funny. Yeah, you've got to sit. I feel like you've got to sit with your own gags for a, at least yeah. a couple of weeks just to stew on them and go, actually, yeah, no, that was funny when I thought of it. It's not funny to anyone who, A, doesn't know me or you. Mm. B. Well, that that's the key. Yeah, yeah. 
doesn't speak English. <laughs> it's it's got to be understandable. Yeah, like the wedding I was at the other weekend, the best speech was by the bride. Like it. She wrote like this really funny poem. The groom did a good speech, but it was just a classic, you know, like very nice and mm-hmm. it was just very, very touching. <clears throat> the best man in the MC, shite. Really? Absolute shite, yeah. Just like in-joke in, in after yeah, in-joke yeah. after in-joke. And they think it's hilarious, but it's like you're actually only appealing to 10 people in the room. Yeah. Well, I, wonder, just if like, the, oh. I wonder if the groom loved it. Maybe, but that's not important. <laughs> it's kind of all that's important. <laughs> not really at all, is it? You, you're, you're there to entertain the guests, not just the groom. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was poor. But yeah, it's, just, it's a simple formula, isn't it? It's like, don't say anything that's going to offend anyone. Don't tell in-jokes and keep it short and sweet. Simple. Yeah, I think timing is a key thing, really. Mm. So, so many people just speak for too long. Especially the the fathers of the bride is they're the usual culprits. So it's just like, oh, hang on, I've I've lost my place, and the microphone's yeah. down by the knees, and yeah, fuck <laughs> it's, uh... oh, thinking about that. If I end up paying for Flores, I'm speaking for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh yeah, full <laughs> keynote, no? Yeah, so I paid for this, so here we go. <laughs> yeah, so have a fucking seat, lads. Strap in, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mental. Are you? Uh... I also think AV is uh, it's often overlooked at weddings. It's either shite or there's no microphones and people are shouting or just not speaking loud enough and you then you always get people that you can't hear you. Yeah, the no microphone never works. No, it's impossible, isn't it? Very hard to deliver world-class comedy when you can't change the pitch and tone of your voice. <laughs> Like, so then I said, put it yeah. in the... Yeah. <laughs> Shove it up a... Like, oh, All subtlety is lost yeah, when exactly. you're just having to scream. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Exciting. Right. Adventure mindset segment. This is a bit of a left field one, but it's kind of been all over the news, isn't it, this week, about the guys uh, on that submersible going down to the Titanic that has fucking gone missing ridiculous it is oh. at firstly it is oh. just ridiculous so if you don't know yeah there is a company that essentially send down a submarine for lack of a better word to the site of the titanic wreck where you can go and check it out basically and see it um which in itself is pretty mental how deep is it do you know how deep it is Thirteen thousand feet it's too deep. Yeah, don't go, don't go there. But High risk. so it's going down there, and I think uh, Monday it went missing, right? And <laughs> that's such like a empty phrase. No, no, no. Sun- Sunday morning. Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Oh shit! Right, okay. Yeah. So the time is is up. Like it's getting getting tight now, right? So there's differing differing stories, but apparently. They have 96 hours of life support air. Yeah. So Sunday morning, 24, 48, 72. They've got like another day. Yeah. Until they're cooked. <clears throat> um, but they don't know where they are, which is worrying. Um, 
And it's, yeah, it's 200, it's a quarter of a million dollars to go on the trip. They're 13,000 feet deep. Apparently in that like area, there's like a nine knot current. Oh, really? That if like they've lost power, they'll be like flying underwater. So they could end up hundreds of miles away. Yeah, yeah. So like the search, like, like entire area is just absolutely gigantic. Um, just a fucking disaster. I mean, I was watching a a, a video on uh, on it this morning because it was obviously the longer it goes, the more like the news cycle spins, and it's literally controlled with like an Xbox controller. Mm, yeah. There's an article written by a a CNN reporter who got taken on it a couple of weeks back or a couple of months back. And he said his overwhelming impression when he got off uh, the, like the submarine was like, that's mental. Like it's just so simple. This is a controller. There's like one button. They use like old scaffolding pipes to like seal the door and stuff like that. Um, it's just brutal. But then, yeah, for 250K. And how many passengers are there? Five of them. Oh, yeah. But I think that the simplicity is for that reason, is that there can't be many things that go wrong. Yeah. The thing that they're struggling with is to get back to the surface is like a like a completely like overly simplified kind of process where it just, you know, there's just canisters on it or something like that. Yeah. It, just floats back up uh, at the press of a button and that doesn't need electricity or anything. You can do it by hand. So it's feels like something has happened in terms of like the pressure or some malfunction with the actual body of it. Yeah. Um, but like that is thing of nightmares, isn't it? I think the thing is as well as it's quite just by the nature of it, it's quite an elite uh, like audience who do it you know what was there's a, a billionaire on it or a couple of billionaires yeah which is i mean there's a there's a brit on there right hamish hamish harding yeah he's some, some aviation company but he's a billionaire yeah yeah and there's a couple of british nationals who are like pakistani born this father and son who are again like from a, the one of the wealthiest families in pakistan it's just like they're the type of people doing these. The same people that are yeah. going to space, right, on these like, private trips. Exactly. Um, imagine if you're just like, right, the the back to surface inflation device isn't working, and we're out of power, and we're three miles under sea or whatever it is. Oh, I don't think you're gonna get found, are you? No. Can't hold hold out much hope for that, which is pretty bleak, but. I mean, if they get found, there's a hell of a keynote in that. I mean, that would be insane, wouldn't it? Yeah. be like the Thai divers all over again. But they can't go and get them because there's only a few craft in the world that can go down there, and they're all over the world. They're not, exactly. they, haven't got a, they haven't got a backup, which seems mental. Not yeah, to have exactly. Two of them. Especially for that price. You'd be like, yeah. what's, the, what's the plan to get us out of there? It's yeah. like, no, there isn't one. When you're doing $1.25 million every single trip, yeah. you probably afford a second submersible. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Can't be that expensive. Two Xbox controllers is all you need. <laughs> they come as a pair. You need James Cameron to go down and uh, save them. Yeah, he's a badass with that stuff, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's the 
the new record holder of like the yeah. depth or something. And but he's he's built one of those uh, submarines, and he was saying that it's much easier to build like a spaceship to go into space than it is to build the, a submarine that goes and can actually spend time at the bottom of the sea, which is mental. Because the pressure. Yeah. It's like yeah. 370 times the pressure that you have walking around here or something. So You'd literally just implode, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. I wonder what animals are down there. Some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Weird, weird shit. Mermaids. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine. Mental. Go on, take it. Guys, it will take a minute to imagine the mermaid. <laughs> <Just> imagine. <laughs> this Oof. is where, if we're sat opposite each other, we just go deep into mermaids right now. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of mythology about mermaids. Um, the sirens of the sea. Luckily, we'll move on to save everyone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right, last segment. Uh, how we, we have to, we go to New York in two weeks. Yes, we do. Two weeks on Saturday. So we're going to have to try and patch together some podcasts whilst we're out there. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> we've obviously been saying for a while we've got some work coming up. Um, we thought we'd maybe actually explain what it is we do. But so we've got a client in New York, uh, a big fintech um, company. And essentially over July, August and September, we are organizing and running offsites for their entire company. So I think about 1,200 people now. 150 each day so we go to new york uh, in a couple of weeks and we do tuesday wednesday thursday and we do a keynote we do some workshops we've got this really cool app where we're kind of like a scavenger hunt around new york um and that's what we're we're doing with them so new york then lisbon then new york then lisbon and then probably singapore as well yeah it's a very good point actually and it's something <clears throat> that we've overlooked because I, I don't know about you but it's still one of the questions i get asked the most is what do you actually do Mm. Um, and that is a, a good example of what we actually do. And a lot of the times it's just one, you know, it might just be a workshop or it'll just be one day or a team of 30 doing a, an away day. But ultimately that's kind of it. We, um, we take on adventures like as a pair and show what this adventure mindset is about. And then we do these away days, these offsites, workshops, keynotes that are all around this adventure mindset and like bringing teams through a similar way of thinking, but like as a team together to like bring them together, have like fun experiences, create memories and stuff. Um, and yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're doing in uh, yeah, two weeks. It's come around very quickly though, isn't it? It has. It's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be full on like doing that stuff with 150 people mm. every day <laughs> is, uh, has its challenges logistically, but I think, um, I think it'll be fine. And the other thing is, I've never been... Have you ever been to New York in peak summer? I've been... I actually went in June once, and it was right. very hot. It got very yeah. hot. It's got the potential to really get up there. Yeah. I've never been in... I've only ever been in autumn, winter. But I, it, I can't even imagine 35 degrees in New York. Yeah. It was like 31 when I <clears> went in June, and it was... Uh, it was It was spicy. And yeah, it's right. it's been forty degrees in July and August, like the last two years at points. Oh, so, uh, yeah, this this adventure we have like a, an app that, as as you said, it's a bit of a scavenger hunt adventure sort of thing. Um, but obviously, it's predominantly based outside. <laughs> so there'll be uh, there'll be a bit of figuring out to do should the weather be 
be carnage, but it's all good. It's all part of the oh. challenge. No, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening and you've got a team, <laughs> yeah, then uh, you know to call. But, yeah, it's uh, well, we're all, we're all set up and good to go now, really, aren't we? It's just getting there, making sure that the places we've uh, we've got on the uh, on the scavenger hunt aren't closed roads and building sites. New York, New York has the ability to be uh, <laughs> shut down overnight, doesn't it? Oh, it's going to be great. I haven't been to, I haven't been to the states for a while. Yeah, I'm pumped. I am pumped. Absolutely. And we're actually off to Scotland before that. Ah, we Scotland. Oh yeah, playing golf out there, aren't we? Yeah. Nice. A little bit of, little bit of links golf in uh, in Scotland. No doubt it'll be raining up there because I think that's yeah, the only weather they have. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, exciting. That's all exciting good. times ahead. All right, guys. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, yeah, you know, maybe we'll put a little competition. You can win a visit to the Tempest Towers. Oh, we'll wait yeah. until we got tables, though. True, true. Thursday. I've just got a text. I'm coming Thursday. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save you that. But thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, right, we'll, nice. we'll speak to you next week. All right, ciao, ciao. Bye.